You're listening to the Circle and Rectangle Show, Australia's newest A-League and W-League-based footballing podcast. Hosted by two blokes with exceptional footballing knowledge, mediocre footballing ability, and zero podcasting experience. Look at us. Look at us, as Paul Rudd would say. Back a week after our last show, we are truly back. The CNR show is back on track, back on schedule, right as the season's about to end. Yep, standard standard practice for us. Um, yeah, it's good to be back for two weeks in a row. Um, our sh- yep. schedule's all worked out. Jamie stopped being a bitch. And yep, not sick anymore. No, it's good. And uh, like, mate, finals off to a flying start, but we'll get into them soon. How was your week, mate? It's been pretty good. Bought a new car. Not being sick. Back at work. Ankles getting better. Bought a new car, mate. We're making that much money on this show that you can afford a new car. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bought a new Jag. As I told your brother, a new Jag F Pace two fifty. <laughs> And he actually believed me, so that was fucking insane that I could buy a hundred thousand dollar car. But nope, bought a new car. Appropriate you have to price. Remember the man is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Appropriate price, but it was good. Um, Watch my local Sunday league team draw in the thirty with thirty seconds left to go in the game after being up one 0 and dominating the entire game. So that was also fun um, to have to watch that for another three weeks. Will be hilarious. But uh, how was your week? I know your boys got a massive win last night. Uh yeah. Um. My under-21s had a midweek game um, and, yeah, got up against last place 8-1, so that always makes us feel good, but... Uh, look, Pushed um, you there. The, the big, yeah, big big game on the weekend, uh, first versus second, us versus first place, um, basically, practically, winner takes the title, because, look, yeah. I don't see us, I don't see anyone else beating them, but uh, weekend was good, as I noted on last week's show, that um, the annual MFA City vs. Country weekend yep. was on, and, boy, was there some good football played. Uh, unfortunately... I made myself look like an idiot because I said that uh, I wasn't going to coach the city side because they were going to lose. And um, not only did they not lose, they won, and it was one of my own players that scored the fucking goal. So yeah, good, um, to see, good to see City taking the win as we both represent the city. At, well, I did mm-hmm. when I was out there. But uh, yeah, you're yeah, right, but because you're a clan. Country out there, in the country is strong, man. The best teams in the comp are out in that country area, usually. So you well, would be the, the way for, I looked at it, the way I looked at it. Um, in the under twenty ones competition, it's but the way it's split is I don't know the boundaries, but in the eight team comp that is the under twenty ones, there are only three teams to pick from from city and five teams to pick from from country. Yeah. And a country side is coming first, third, fourth, and fifth. <laughs> it's us yeah, in the city a- side that's making that little little notch here at second. But other than that, like you've got sixth place and last place. And I I noted the uh, girls team had a. Uh, crap ton of Escort Park girls in it so that's always good to see I know they're strong this year so some names I recognise well, as well so that was good yeah well um, the thing is in the there was four games this year which is a notable increase from the usual one maybe two when the women's um, women's team was uh, finally announced but um, yeah so they, this year they had the under 18 girls uh, the under 21 boys and then the women's M League and men's M League um, country dominated the uh, the under 18s in a 6-0 thumping um but then Eskil Park, as you said to start up, the uh, Eskil Park boys played well, there, and it was one of one of our boys that scored the winning goal in the city. And then in the in the women's, they did go down 3-2 to country. However, it was an Eskil Park girl that scored the first goal and assisted the second. So big ups for the Eskil Park players in uh, that city country. But look, that was last week, and it was good fun because I got to watch the uh, A-League while I was there on uh, everyone's favourite devices on the mobile phone. Got to love the <laughs> KO Sports for this oh, year. Yeah. 
next year we're going into Paramount, which we'll talk about again yep. later because there's some more news for that. Yes, but Jamie, is. I think it's time for the two games and the results are in. The results are in. The first game for the finals, we both incorrectly predicted, but correctly predicted at the same time. We said it would go to extra time. MacArthur, a 10-man MacArthur side, knock out the fairy tale of the season, the Mariners, 2-0. Our boy, Michael Roos, scoring the clincher with a great runaway, great composure and perfect finish to seal the win. And what a celebration that was. The old shush to the crowd. The man loves ah. loves the bands. That man is shithousery at its finest. Oh, the yeah. swagger on an 18-year-old these days is ridiculous. But as you said, it was, a, it was a tasty finish, a perfect run in the middle. Got lucky with the... Uh, Central Coast player uh, slipping, slipping over. over in the middle, the yeah. old Slippy G. But look, <laughs> it's a good showing from the MacArthur side. Um, yeah, obviously going down to ten men with I think fifteen or fifteen minutes to play, something like that. Yeah, of the regular Maybe. time. Of regular time, yeah. So a whole forty-five minutes down to ten men, and to get up two nil, Charles and Wombwa getting the first goal in extra time. Yep. Um, it's just a poacher's goal right on the right where right place, right time, rebounding. Um, off the post, straight to Umbomba, who heads it in. And then, yeah, Michael Roos sealing the victory in the 119th minute, I believe. And then, yep, yep, shutting, silencing the crowd, some may say. And the then the uh, MacArthur fans that, on that Ruz bus that made the trip up to Central Coast went nuts. Yeah, it was a good, good turnout for them. They were pretty loud the entire game. Um, I'm going to say it again. I said it on Twitter a lot of times. I fucking hate that marching band. I cannot watch. I cannot watch that game with sound. That fucking marching band when they march around the stadium and get picked up on every ground, Mike. Fuck off back to America in college football, right? That's not football. You have an active support that sounds pretty good. You know they're tacky, but they still sound good. You don't need a shitty marching band. Just fuck off with it. God, that it ruined the game for me. It really did. Like, I, look, I don't mind the marching band. I prefer the. I prefer the marching band over the damn cowbells. But yeah, as you said, just stay in your active support area. Don't get picked up on every mic. But, and um, Channel 10? You didn't mention... You want, to know a lesson? you want to know a lesson, Channel 10? Next year, do not put a, mo- a ground effects mic anywhere near their active support. Like, please, for the love of God. Or I, will um, not, I will listen to the radio. It's funny. You also mentioned that um, the active support from MacArthur were very loud and like, a good turnout for them. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing what they can do when um, they're not being held back by their own stadium. Yeah, <laughs> amazing the turnout they can made, get. Made note of the few of the boys in the bullpen. It's amazing how, like, they're not a bad active support when they're allowed to be active. But, yeah, um, and you'll see that at Nestrada this week, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, James Meredith, I thought it was a controversial red card. Um, there was a handball in the lead-up that was kind of, you could kind of understand them not, like, reversing it for, but I didn't think it was a goal-scoring position. Yeah, Urania can bang them in from there, but he's going across goals. Uh, there was another MacArthur player coming across to sort of clean up or at least put pressure on him. I thought the red card was very harsh. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, it's a soft red card. Um, I, I could, yeah, as I said, I could see it going both ways. I can see why they haven't overturned it. Um, it's one of those one of those situations. Was it a like massively gross human error? I don't know. By the laws of the game, like it could have been a red card. It could have been a yellow. It all depends on what the referee's seen and like. Obviously, camera angles are only going to be from one side anyway. So the VAR, I don't think, had yeah. enough evidence to overturn. Um, sports. But look, I, I'd I'd say that's probably a, a blessing for MacArthur because I don't I don't like him as a footballer anyway. So <laughs> I feel they've got better better stocks um, to play in that position, and uh, hopefully we'll get the job done against the very weakened Melbourne City side, but still Melbourne City strong. 
yeah, that's going to be a fucking cracking game come Sunday. But um, I guess we'll get into the second game yet again. I think we both predicted the score for this one being 2-1. Didn't expect it to be Adelaide coming out, but a quick starting Adelaide, sink Brisbane, roll 2-1. Tommy Urich with two quick goals in the 15th and 19th minute just threw Brisbane raw into a you have to just throw everything at this game, completely threw mm-hmm. their tactics out the window and dominated the game, to be fair. Dominated possession. I think they had 24 shots to um, Adelaide's 10 or 11, but just, you know got a goal in the 87th minute or something like that and it just wasn't enough and Adelaide go up to that beautiful stadium and sink Brisbane and uh, they're marching on to Sydney this weekend. Yeah, it was a good showing from that Adelaide side early on. Getting that two-goal buffer with, um, yeah, as you said, two goals to Tommy Urich who's found himself some in some fine form. But boy, was this game fun to watch. It was end-to-end. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like the amount of pressure that Adelaide with, um, withstood to hold on to a victory was unbelievable. Hats off to Brisbane threw absolutely everything at them. Yep. And just, like, just luck was not on their side. The amount of goal line clearances or, like, off the post or just wide is unbelievable. I don't think I've seen that many in a game. And they just uh, could not find a way to break down. They, yeah, scoring that late goal, but, yeah, it just was not enough. And it's a, it's a good showing for the A-League. That's, you know, I, I felt like it was the, the grand final. Like, it was it was amazing to watch. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't support either teams, but I was on the edge of my seat, hoping Brisbane clawed it back to send it through to extra time. But Adelaide held strong and two-one victors over Brisbane and play Sydney FC this weekend. I mean, they were one of the teams I thought, you know, with the players from the Socceroos getting picked, I thought, that, all right, Sydney FC weak, Melbourne now weak, Mariners with Tongik and the gloss wearing off. I thought Adelaide had a real chance to go on and win this. It's set up for him and. You know, they, they definitely delivered against Adelaide. Unfortunately for Brisbane, good season. But um, like you said, threw everything at them. Denzaki had a phenomenal game. Wenzel Halls was back to his early season form. And yeah, just couldn't get the goal that they needed. Um, credit to the defense of um, Adelaide and their scramble. But, you know, Adelaide are turning into that team that we saw in the middle of the season where they rattled off a couple of big wins and went on a bit of a roll when Stefan Mork was just untouchable. So And you throw Craig Goodwin into that. Ben Halloran, they're, they're a dangerous team. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm nervous for Sydney this weekend. I think Adelaide's going to do the exact same. Just try and punch them in the mouth real early. Yeah, yeah two big games this week. Is it the Sydney FC Adelaide on the Saturday night? Yep, Saturday and night. And then Sunday is MacArthur Melbourne. All right, Saturday night fixture. Yeah, both big games this weekend. Um, we'll, get, we'll go with the first one. Um, preview, uh, Sydney FC versus Adelaide United. How do you see this one going, Jamie? I think it's going extra time. Honestly, um, Ooh. Ooh. Adelaide and Sydney have history in semi-finals. They, they've played a fair few. I think Sydney can get it, even though they're missing a really solid defender in um, McGowan. I think they'll be, they have enough up front to, you know, give Adelaide more worries than what Brisbane could, despite how much Brisbane threw at them. The likes of Ninkovic, Barbarusis, Lafondra, Bobo, they're going to be deadly. I think Sydney FC will take it, but it's going to be an extra time. It's going to be one 0 I think, to Sydney FC. One nil extra time, but I'm not confident. Oh, I th- <laughs> in the, in your prediction, um, no, look, <laughs> no, um, because cause I don't like Sydney FC. I'm gonna see Adelaide continue this <laughs> fine run. Um, I I agree. I think it could go to extra time, but um, I think it will be. It I don't think it will be uh, goalless into extra time. I think both teams are very capable of scoring goals. Um, Sydney will take the lead early. Adelaide will claw it back to a one all draw at full time before they sink them in extra time. One thing I do think is that the winner of this will be the eventual champions. 
I think Melbourne City yep. has lost right. so much in that team just with three players out, their entire spine. And I think MacArthur, again, Sydney FC sort of dominated them last time. So if they can beat Melbourne City, I think Sydney FC could still do both of them. And as well, Adelaide as well, in form, could do both of those teams. Mm-hmm. I think the champion will come from this semi-final. Yep. But, um, well, that's the first one. So you've got Sydney FC in 1-0 win in extra time. Extra time. I've yeah. gone with Adelaide. May the best man win. And considering I'm the best man, we will win. And um, we move on to the second game. (laughs) We move on to the second game. Melbourne City versus MacArthur. I feel like you already know my answer, but I'll ask you the question first. Uh, What's the the story, Jamie? How's it going to end? Well, it's been moved to uh, Nostrada Jubilee on Sunday now because now we're going to have no fans in Melbourne. That's changed as of today. Uh, What is it, Thursday, where we're recording. I think MacArthur's going to win this one. I think Melbourne City... Yeah, there's still real quality. There, there's a lot in it, but you know, Jam- you're taking Jamie McLaren out over 20 goals. Connor Metcalf goals and assists. Um, Curtis Good, just solid at the back. Tom Glover looked a little bit shaky in the last few games in the lead up. They lost to the Jets, even though they were playing what you could perceive as almost a full strength team. Naboo was back, but he doesn't have that sort of McLaren figure to go to to score goals. I think MacArthur wins this one two one. I think Melbourne scores first, and MacArthur claws them back two one. Maddie D's going to get a goal this time. I'm sure of it. Mandy D to score. Look, yeah. um, you, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Melbourne City's going to win because I <laughs> don't good. like MacArthur. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to go opposites again. Um, Melbourne yep. City to win. I think they've still got enough quality to hold out um, a young MacArthur side. Um, look, I think Melbourne's going to get up 2-1. I think they're going to go up 2-0 like Adelaide did and MacArthur will claw one back and I think they're just going to withstand. I reckon they're good enough to do so and... I just don't want MacArthur in a final in their first season. Mate, if they win the competition in their first season, they'll have that over you guys. You guys yeah, got they to they the don't final. Have they don't, they don't but have if a they have plate. But if they have the championship, like some Mate, being say, good oh. in three games being good in three games is not as being the best out of thirty, alright? Yeah, I would agree. I'd rather win the Premier's plate because that just feels like the championship as opposed to the winning the cup. It should be. Like as, as, as every Premier other league, league does, who needs playoffs? We're, we're America. Yeah. We're a laughing stock America. No, but yeah. I don't like it. Ended on, do the, uh, ended on the Premier's plate. That's it. Melbourne City should be your champions, and whoever wins this should just be your playoff champions. Winners. Like in the EFL Championship. Like, But yeah, hi, this it's going to be good. Two, I think there's going to be two really good games. Really mm-hmm. exciting. Like, keen, keen for this. I'll be sitting at home with my feet up on the lounge in Armadale since I'm still injured, so I can't do anything. But... Really looking forward to the, this weekend. And the final is going to be amazing. If Sydney yeah. win, it's going to no, be Sydney. Yeah, no. Rega- I think regardless of Melbourne City winning, I think they will still not have fans down there because, you know, politics, fuck politics. <laughs> like, just let us have fans. Melbourne City deserve to play this game in front of a home crowd. They've earned the right to play this in front of a home crowd. They've handled the situation down there again. Let them have fans, but nope, they're not going to. So it's played up here. Melbourne's, I mean, there are a lot of Manchester City fans that are going to get out to it to watch it and cheer them on, but they deserve to play in front of their own home fans after this season. Well, it's I, been... The thing is, look, I understand Melbourne's reasonings, but the one thing I don't like is you've got a Melbourne team playing a Sydney team, but now you've moved it to Sydney. To Sydney. A neutral venue. I don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't agree with that. It, it's very, it's still close enough to where MacArthur play. Look, it should have gone to Adelaide. That way, no one I mean, will still go. Yeah, uh, yeah, or Brisbane. Like you can't have it in freaking. 
I mean, it, someone did make a funny post on the um, SBS World Game story on it about how it's still it's still an hour travel for either fan because it's an hour by plane and an hour by car from Campbelltown to get out to the Congo, but it's not a neutral venue. It's a MacArthur home game. It's just that simple and. It's really disappointing because after everything Melbourne City did this year, they just dominated the season. Even though they started slow, they deserve to play in front of their home fans and have a chance to host the grand final. And I think the government down there is going to take that away from them, which will be a shame. Regardless mm-hmm. of if they win or not, I think it'll still be brought to Sydney because they're not going to make that decision until probably a, again on a Wednesday or a Thursday next week. And it's just too, you can't organise a grand final in that time. Could be a grand final at yeah. probably Bank West, to be honest. Most likely. Depends on who gets up, but um, back to back championships yeah. and back west. Yeah, be quiet. Shut up. Um, <laughs> look, that's enough for the results and our predictions for next yep. week. I think we'll get into into our hot topics now. Hot topics. And I think we're going to have to start off with the biggest one, Jamie Brown, the man we backed to bring Central Coast out of the ashes and rise up, has left. Yeah, Alan Stachich has departed the Mariners with his assistant after a season and a half. A record-breaking season by Mariners standards this year. Brought them back from the brink of oblivion, and he's leaving. And I have read story after story, including one that spelt his last name in four different ways, all of them which were wrong. Um, a lot of them had Ds in them. Um, yeah, I don't understand it. I know they're probably going to lose. They've lost Quoll already. They're probably going to, I think... Um, is it Kai Rolls? He's a yep. potential to move elsewhere. Um, Ruin Tongik apparently has been courted by a couple of clubs overseas. So they're going to lose some players, but what he's done for that club in the last 18 months is, I mean, it's a miracle. I mean, who would have expected? I mean, I had sort of thoughts that he could do that turnaround at the Mariners, not as quick as he has, but that he could bring that club some like to fighting for the finals one day. But to do it in a season is unbelievable and... Man, that just as you start to see them getting out of it, this happens and they're going to be back in that hole. Like, I feel bad for Mariners fans right now. From the sound of you're as shocked as I am. Like, it's yeah, I'm stunned. <laughs> it's come absolutely out of the blue. I thought he's going to be there another two, maybe three seasons. Yep. Get them at least one or two titles. They were such a good surprise packet this year. Um, and yeah, he's just he's up and left. Um, no real reasons. Hopefully that'll come out in the next in the next week or so of the reasons why he's left. But look, that's it's heartbreaking for if you're a Mariners fan. Absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. He built a future there. Um a lot of the young kids got starts because of him. It's what he does. He promotes youth. They obviously don't have a lot of resources, but you know, he did what he could and he did an amazing job at it and if I mean, some of the reasons I saw is that uh, I think it's Michael Charlesworth, who is the current owner, who's put the license up for sale, um, doesn't have the resources to sort of fund the dreams that he has for the club, um, Stachich had for the club. So that's a reason why he's left. Others are saying it's a new challenge. He's already been linked with the Western United job, the Newcastle Jets job. If you're looking for a new challenge, you're not going to go backwards to a team in Melbourne who doesn't have a following, doesn't have a home. Is he really going to go to their bit of rivals, the Jets? I don't think so. I think if he's looking for a new challenge, and that is the reason, he's looking overseas. I I was just shocked. Like, like I I think I messaged you the news. I shared the tweet yep. with you, and you were mm-hmm. just as shocked as I was. Like, how? There were no rumblings about this. There was... I, I just assumed he was going to be there next year, and they were just going to, they were going to be oh, even better. But <laughs> I'd, I'd consider that a successful season. Like, 
Absolutely. <laughs> like in the in the case of Rudan leaving West United, I couldn't stand that. Like it was a yep. disappointing season. Move on, try elsewhere to build the club back up. But I, that was a successful season if you're a Mariners fan. Like not to like to, considering you finished last in what the previous two seasons and then yep. season before that as well. Like in the bottom half, this turnaround has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, amazing support like. now. Yeah, it, it was amazing support from the crowd getting out there again, and. Yep. To just up and leave. Um, if if it does come down to the resources or whatever, I would wouldn't you stick out for one more year with the uh, the massive income that Paramount's putting into the A League next year? Yeah, and there's always maybe, rumors with maybe that would have the resources. But there's always rumors of like rich clubs coming in to buy the Mariners. You know, Manchester United were linked with them. There's other billionaires from like Asia that have been linked with them. Just stick it out for one more year. You you clearly don't need resources to make that team good. Like, you've bought the right players, you've bought the right youth too. Next year, they're going to be a little bit more experienced, they'll be a little bit better. So there's, the future was bright, but I'd hate to see that there's rumblings underneath that he didn't have support from the club because they didn't make the final after the season they had. But, man, if I'm a Mariners fan right now, I'm shattered. I mean, the future isn't bright anymore. It's bleak. Because mm-hmm. I think he's probably... I, he would have been... If we, did, if we were doing Coach of the Year, he'd be my Coach of the Year by, by a long shot. No, 100%. And 100%. they've just lost him. <laughs> they've just let him walk. Unbelievable. Like, <sighs> maybe he'll Shocking. go back to the Matildas. They could use a decent coach. Uh, they could. Um, <laughs> Talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, maybe they could because we'll move on to the next bit. It's, Jamie's about to start crying because of the news. But um, look, the uh, Socceroos and Matildas both played midweek this week. Um, we'll start off with the Matildas <laughs> because positive news for them, it wasn't a loss. Nope. We didn't score any goals, and our man of the match was Tegan Micah in goals, so that tells you how the game was. But um, nil or draw with Sweden. Uh, undefeated in the last game, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go. I think Clean one of the only highlights... I watched the game. The only highlight I have is congrats to Hayley Rasso celebrating 50 caps for the Matildas. That's a massive effort. Um, and she's a quality player, especially after the, the back injury that she suffered. I want to say in 2018, 17 I think it was she was out for a very long time I think she fractured bones in her back um, so to see mm-hmm. her come back 50 caps for um, the Matildas playing in England at the moment as well congratulations to her but hey we didn't lose great result we didn't uh, lose and congrats Tegan Micah on her first cap as a Matilda too to get man of the match in that game was pretty good too definitely deserved but um, yeah we didn't lose Positive. We didn't lose. That's the the one thing we're going to ca- take out for this. The biggest and only positive, we didn't lose. But massive positive for the Socceroos beating Jordan one nil midweek, um, yep. putting us through to the next stage of World Cup qualifiers. Is that s- six from six in the World Cup qualifiers? Yeah, undefeated so far. Big Harry Suda getting the goal. So uh, spe- Big special is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah is an understatement. massive Harry Suda. They also beat Nepal last week. That happened the day after we recorded. That was a big win too. 3-0, dominated them. So, Man, great Harry Suda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a goal-scoring. Like, he did it for Stoke. He, he's a good player. And all at the time where should have been playing for Australia, Martin Boyle is playing for Scotland in the Euros. Should have been playing for Australia. Should. Him and Jason Cummings. Martin Boyle. Been, yeah. Didn't Martin Boyle play last week? Well, there's a Boyle that's playing for Scotland. I don't know what his last, first name is, but there's a Boyle for Can't Scotland be, who... I swear to God, Martin Boyle was on the score. Like, he scored against Nepal, didn't he? And there, there was a Boyle that scored against Nepal, eh? Well, there is, there is definitely a Scottish a Scotsman that 
played for MP in MPL Queensland that should be playing for us, but unfortunately he's not, which is kind of disappointing. But um, yeah, this, this is it up you've now. got me here. I, I want to find out this what is happening with this. Finding it now. His name is oh no, Lyndon Dykes. Sorry, Lyndon Dykes should have been playing for Australia. Lyndon Dykes got it completely wrong. My bad, guys. My bad. Martin Boyle is uh, very Jason completely Cummins, wrong. Mate. Jason Cummins, mate, from Dundee. Uh, but yeah, Lyndon Dykes should be playing for Australia, but he's playing for Scotland in the Euro. So you know that's a bit rough. But um, yeah, we're playing good. Graham You're an idiot. Firing. You're a dead um, set clown. Boyle and Dykes don't even rhyme. <laughs> They're both Scots. They both play in school. Well, no, because Martin Boyle's an Aussie. Because he's playing for the Socceroos. You yeah, dead sure set imbecile. So is Adjun Hurustic. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, die, Aussie. I don't care. I don't care. He scores bangers. Don't care. Don't, care. don't care what their name is. All I care is the flag that they represent. Yeah, they score bangers. Um, but yeah, we're playing good. I think we have South Korea as probably the toughest team in our pot for the next stage of the qualifiers. So that's going to be a pretty good Look, game. I'm just happy it's not ditch. Japan. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we dodged a fucking bullet there. We did. <laughs> absolutely. And um, Korea, South Korea almost lost to a minnow nation as well. So gives me hope that they're yeah, a bit of struggle streak for the South Koreans. But look, they're still a very, very good quality side. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I think good. we've dodged a massive bullet in Japan. In Japan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> don't mind if we run into them at the World Cup, just not in the qualifiers. <laughs> Please. I don't think we'll run into them at the World Cup if we both qualify. Yeah, not anymore. It's not like 06, but... Yeah, you know, oh, we could in the group, in the knockout stages, so, you know, if we can get in the knockout stages. If we but, can um, get out of the group. Just a good good result for the soccer is Graham Arnold's got to kick, him, kick it in good. I think he played the strongest team against Jordan. Took a while to get the goal in terrible, terrible conditions and pitch-wise, but... It's blistering 41 degrees. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, oh Thank God, this is all... Look, I complain about it being a winter sport and being too cold. Thank God we're not in the 41 degrees. <laughs> Look out for Qatar 2022. It's going to be fucking Ooh, boiling yeah. hot. No, um, yeah. air-conditioned stadiums, mate. Air-conditioned yeah, what the... Stadiums. That's insane, man. Look, I want to say boycott it, but, I mean, it's football. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to follow England. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm too, in, I'm too invested up. to see... I, honestly, I'm too invested to see how badly it fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the middle of domestic seasons. Like, this is just horrible decision by FIFA, as corrupt as they come, but, you know... It is what move it is. On, we'll move on. Put it, yes, put it moving on. Yes, moving on. I think the only topic I've got left is Ange's first um, challenge as Celtic gaffer. He's going to get Alwyn Mobile's FC Midgetland in the qualifiers for the UEFA Champions League. Pretty, pretty solid de- uh, Danish squad. Going to be a tough one for him to prove his very worth much, immediately. Very much a tough... Very, very much a tough start to your Celtic career, but... Look, I, I I back the gaffer. We always yeah, have to back do, the gaffer, but um, they'll do the job. Look, he's got his Celtic have the have the side to do it. They should they should do it. They should be in the Champions League anyway. But um, yep. The other the other thing I want to talk about is I, I hinted at it last week and then completely forgot about it. But Socceroo star Matt Leckie, oh, yes. signed for Melbourne City for the next season, and um, yep. as massive get. And the one thing me and my brother were talking about about the signing was um. Where does Craig Noon now fit in that Melbourne City side? How do they play it? And we've got that answer. Craig Noon has signed for MacArthur FC. Yeah. Yeah, so massive signing for them. Massive signing MacArthur for them. MacArthur side really is looking strong for next year. You've got Craig Noon and Ulysses Devia in behind Matt Derbyshire. Derbyshire, yep. 
with Genoa dominating that middle like like Puyo will be there yeah they're building they're building next year but um it's gonna be good to see Lecky back he's been pretty good in Germany yeah. I'm surprised to see him mm-hmm. coming back this early but you know it's good to see another big name comes back goes to a already strong side so that's always good to see <laughs> um the strong get stronger mate that's it go with them it's how every it's how, it's how every league happens mate every league happens very true go where very you're true. gonna win as fans of football league teams you know that don't have money <laughs> success follows money and we just don't have it <laughs> um i guess very we should touch so. on the the right steel on top of the movement yes, to channel 10 cbs thing. yeah to cbs Wycom. Um, they've also picked up the rights to all Socceroos qualifiers, friendlies, and Matildas qualifiers and friendlies for Asian Cups and World Cups. So that's amazing. Another investment. I think it takes it to $300 million for the five years plus the extension for three yep. if they want. This is positive, man. They really care about football. I spoke to a they... reporter, Jaleesa Apps. Uh, you'll know her from a cricket podcast you listen to. She works for Channel 10, is now covering football, and is incredibly excited to do it for Channel 10. So... I'm excited. This is this is a good future. Oh. There's a big future for football domestically here now, and it's not and uh, massive for the national sides as well to be on free to air TV as well. Yep. But the massive thing I saw about it is it's the youth they're backing as well. It's 16s, 17s, and 19s and under 23s or whatever games will also be covered occasionally. But like, that's huge. That's massive. Yeah. Because otherwise you have to find these weird free streams on untrusted websites. But yeah, now mm-hmm. that you're going to get the big games for those teams on free day and FFA Cup as well. So that's also a big thing. You'll get to see NPL competition going up against the big boys. Probably not in the free to air, but still under the Channel 10 banner on CBS app or Paramount Plus app and probably 10 bold. But man, massive investment. And it shows you that they're taking, unlike Fox Sports this year, they're taking it very serious when it comes to hopefully doing football well and I look forward to it. I'm very now, excited for the first start. Now the big thing is we wait for the commentary team to see if I boycott it or not. <laughs> I just want Simon Hill. Simon Hill, um, Lucy Zelich but, doing the pre-game show, Simon Hill doing the main game on a Saturday, sprinkling any other commentators that aren't Craig Foster wherever you like. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'd love to see Adam Peacock there. Don't think he will. He does too much for Fox Sports, but it would be good to see him go to Channel 10. He is basically the voice of football on Fox Sports at the moment but you know we'll see what happens I just want to know when they're going to start the season not just for us planning wise but to get excited yep absolutely but um look that's I think that's a bit for hot topics and our results but the aim of this week's show was hinted last week it is the first ever Circle in Rectangle Award show That's right. The Circle and Rectangle Award Show, where we hinted last week we've got our W League Team of the Year, our W League Player of the Year, our A League Team of the Year, our A League Player of the Year, probably Manager of the Year, which we've already hinted at, but we'll get into that. We'll give that an award. Did I mention Young Player of the Year? I think you did. Because we've got that too. We've got Goal of the Year. We've got everything, mate, except for probably the important stuff. But look... I think we'll start Actual off awards. with our first ever awards, which is the W League Team of the Year. 
and Jamie Brown. We've both discussed this, so it's not individual teams of the year. We've collaborated. We've yep. come together. This is our W League team of the year in a 4-3-3 formation. Here you go. In goals, we've got Gabriella Garten from Melbourne Victory. The back line, Angela Beard from Melbourne Victory, Claire Polkinghorne from Brisbane Rule, Kayla Morrison from Melbourne Victory, and Jamila Rankin from Brisbane Rule. In the midfield, uh, Teresa Polias from Sydney FC, Tamika Yallop from the Brisbane Roar, Captain Kyra Cooney-Cross from the Melbourne Victory. And our front line is record goal scorer Michelle Heyman from Canberra United, Emily Gelnack from Brisbane Roar, and did I say Courtney Vaughan? No, we said, um, we said Remy Simpson. Remy Simpson, yeah, Remy Simpson was the one we discussed in the end uh, from Sydney FC. But look, shout-outs to Claire Wheeler and Courtney Vine, both from Sydney FC, could have also made the team. Yep. Look, we were both discussing it. Same with uh, Melina Aries, Tegan Micah from the Melbourne City, yep. um, Melina Aries from Melbourne Victory, um, Lisa Devanna from Melbourne Victory, uh, Kendall Fletcher from Canberra United. All very good players in their own right. But that is our final team of the year. Jamie, no objections? No, absolutely not. Um, strong as team. Got grand final winners in there. You got like legends of the game that are still performing at the highest level, like Gelnick and Polkenhorn. Young super, future superstars, Remy Seamson. Um, yeah, absolute perfect team. I think we pick yep, teams better good. than the professionals, to be honest. We know what we, we say. We do, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So that is our W League team of the season. Thank you, thank you. Come, 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 come down. But the most important one from this is the W League player of the season. And look, there was a few good players this year, but I think one stood out from both of us. No objections. It was the first name both of us said. So this year, the W League player of the year is... Kyra Cooney-Cross from the Melbourne Victory. Yep, well-deserved. Yep, very much well-deserved. Very much well-deserved, Kyra Cooney-Cross. Absolutely outstanding for that Melbourne Victory side. And the 120th minute in the grand final. Amazing season, star of the future. Yeah, massive, massive future for her and the Matildas. And yeah, just a great season. Every time they played, she was one of the superstars for them. Scored important games, uh, assisted important goals in the important games and scored... Really good goals, including, like you said, that 120th minute winner in the grand final, which, you know, Jada Wyman, goalkeeper for Sydney, didn't deserve to concede because of how well she played, but absolutely deserved W League Player of the Year. So when we eventually get you on, Kyra, we'll hand you your award in inverted commas if we can get one. We probably won't, but it would just be good to have you on to get your accepted yeah. speech. <laughs> very much so, very much so. But, um, yeah, we move on. So that was our W League segment. Oh. No, we'll name W League Goal of the Year because it was an absolute scream as well. Our W League Goal of the Year, Jamie, is... W League Goal of the Year. There can only be one winner and it's got to be Olivia Chance from Brisbane Raw with her absolute thunderbolt left foot drive from about 30 yards out to hit top bins. I remember when I saw it, I messaged you straight away and said, this is Goal of the Week contender for sure, possibly Goal of the Year. There were a lot of good W League goals this year. A lot. Mm-hmm. 
two of them scored by Olivia Chance, but that one still stands out for me today. Like we shared it on the Instagram and the Facebook story. It was an absolute banger. Like, it was a belter, yeah. Um, yeah. Standouts as well. Um, Chelsea Dorber from Adelaide, I believe yep. it is. Two yep. very good goals. Um, but look, this, this one just stood out. Yeah. There were some really good long-range goals as well. But, um, you know, keep airing a fair few of those. Like, should have been batted away. But this one, no go- no goalkeeper is saving that. Manuel Neuer no. is not fucking saving that. Like, it was perfect. No. So no, he's not. Congrats, Olivia Chance from Brisbane Raw. Yep. I hope you come back. She's a New Zealand national player, so I hope she comes back to Brisbane because we need players like that in the league. That we do, but we move on to our A-League segment for this year's uh, Circling Rectangle Awards show, and we'll start off with our A-League Team of the Year. Uh, Jamie Brown's got that one listed in front of you. I do. Um, Again, we both collaborated on this. We agree with this completely. There are obviously some big-name players that we couldn't put into the team, just... You know, other players were just better than them in those positions. So this is the team. In goals, has to be Brisbane Roar's Jamie Young. Best goalkeeper by far this year. Some of the saves he made were phenomenal. The centre-backs are Ruan Tongik from the Mariners and Curtis Good from Melbourne City. Both were awarded with Socceroos call-ups. Left-back, I've got um, Jamison from Melbourne City. A lot of good left-backs this year, but you consider what that team did and how crucial he was. It's got to be Jamo. Right back, I've gone Ziggy Gordon. Though he played centre back a lot for the the, Mar- the Wanderers this year. Sorry, Ooh, don't he say is a the right Mariners back. Or... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a right back, and I mean he was over ten um, block shots ahead of the closest guy in second. He had just a phenomenal year for a team that definitely under delivered. Uh, centre mids, I've got o- Oli Bazanich from the Mariners and Milos Ninkovic for Sydney FC. Best player in the league, hardest Paul Scholes like defender in the league in Oli Bazanich. Um, left uh, midfield, I've got Craig Goodwin from Adelaide. Enough said, amazing player. And uh, Riku Denzaki from Brisbane on the right-hand side. Started slow, but came on really strong towards the middle and end of the season. Um, definitely deserved to probably push that Brisbane team through some of the chances that he had. And up front, i got U- Ulysses Davila from Wellington Phoenix. In behind, Jamie McLaren um, from Melbourne City. First, a second man on, on the list for me when, I, when we were putting the deep team in Jamie Young was first like. yeah uh, look very very much oh, yeah I agree with a lot of that uh, big shout outs to um, MacArthur FC's Adam Federici who was very yes. close very close to making it I thought he was outstanding but I've gone with the bias side I enjoy Jamie Young much better um, same there was a lot of good players I, I had um, Brindle South from Brisbane as my right back choice he had a, a, a slow start but came good in the end yep. and was very good for that uh, that Brisbane side but look Matt Darbyshire from MacArthur as well had a great season. Mark Milligan yep. in the midfield. Look, there's, there's some good players in here, here that we um just couldn't fit in the side. Um, Dylan Wenzel-Hall started out of the box firing for Brisbane, but slowed up. Yep. That's why he obviously couldn't make it. Same with Alu Kual. Substitute extraordinaire coming off and scoring goals when he wanted. But look, that, yep. that's a very strong team. Um, I think probably an accurate team. And look, that's, that's you can only pick 11 players. Yeah, and that's I mean, what we've done. So many good... I mean, Stefan Mork had a great season as well. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Joel King left back was probably one of the best left backs of the year, but, you know, it's it's a strong feel, which is a great sign for the league. That It, it was real hard. It took me a long time to actually finalise my team. Um, mm-hmm. 
But no, I, yeah, some players are out of position, but you've got to put the best players on the field. And, you know, Davila sitting in behind a striker as opposed to being out wide is not normal, but it would work. And Ninkovic in the middle as opposed to being out wide, he's just a great player all around, probably the best in the league, and he has to be in that team somewhere. Yeah, very so. much so, sir. Congratulations to all those involved in the first ever Circling Rectangle A-League Team of the Year. But we'll go with the young player of the year next, Jamie. And there were some very, very close calls in this as well. Like, it's very hard to choose. You uh, have a list of the nominees in front of you. Yeah, it, there was a, a lot of people that could also be on this list that aren't just because we had to narrow it down. But the six nominees are Dylan Wenzel-Hall from Brisbane, Armietto from Perth, Alu Kual from the Mariners, Brimmer from Melbourne Victory, Wayne from Wellington, the striker, mm-hmm. and Daniel Margush from Western Sydney Wanderers. And the winner is... Daniel Margush from the Western Sydney Wanderers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. Disclaimer, I didn't pick this. This isn't I from me. <laughs> this yeah, isn't this, from me. This um, one was as... mine, and I 100% stand by this decision. There were great players that... You know, had really hot runs like Wenzel Halls and Quoll and Armietto, but consistently the entire season, young player in goals for a team that didn't do great and was under a lot of pressure a lot of the times. Margush was phenomenal and deserved better from his defence and easily should was trying to drag Wanderers into the finals himself at times. I stand by this felt like that. It definitely felt like he was trying to drag the Wanderers into the finals. Um, look, it's an outstanding debut season for him. Um, oh, a full full-time debut he has been on the uh, Perth Glory and the Adelaide rosters as well but um losing uh Daniel Lopar the Wanderers last season um who was easily one of the best goalkeepers in the league as well he kept them yep. in a lot of games um Margush has stood up and filled his shoes fantastically um I look forward to seeing how he can improve like he's a young kid as well but I don't think there was any real mistakes he ever made that led to goals um other than that like yeah, you, you can only do so much as a goalkeeper, and a lot of it came down to who was standing in front of him, and at times yeah. it felt like no one was there. But, um, look, as you said, there were some very good young players this year, and those six nominees uh, all very much a chance of winning it. But, yeah, Dan, uh, Wenzel Halls started out of the blocks firing early yeah. and slowed down. If he kept his form up, or at least some more of his form, he probably would have won this award easily and even Definitely. made our team of the year. Definitely. Um Alu Kual, great young talent, and he's deserved his move to the Bundesliga, but obviously at times didn't show enough because he wasn't on the pitch long enough. But um, Didn't get enough time, yeah. yeah. But that's a, it's a, an outstanding achievement for Daniel Margush. It's a very prestigious award, this one, and um, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, it's looking good for the A-League if this is some of the young talent coming through. Yeah, there were other players we could have put on the list, but you had to narrow it down. You could I didn't want to put more than one player from each team. So, you know, like some Akbari, Brindle South was also on there. Um you know, Joel King from Sydney FC was a chance. He played really well, but you know, these six were standouts consistently played well the entire year. Some had hot patches, like you said, Wenzel Halls. If he played the way he started the season the whole year, probably would have won golden boot and dragged Brisbane onto top of the table. But, you know, he had quiet patches where he kind of disappeared for stretches. And, you know, Margush was just consistent the entire season. I'm so surprised he didn't make the Oli Roos squad. I thought he was easily, you know, the best 
young goalkeeper in. He was he's in my top three for goalkeepers for the year. So or top four. Birigidi was pretty good too, but he's right up there as one of the best goalkeepers in the league right now. So absolutely deserves the um the young player of the year award. Yes, very much well done. Um, we'll go on to the final goal of the year segment. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And look, there were some goals scored this year, and some it very was. good goals scored this year. Um, but some of it, there was that many good goals scored in a week, we had to go to a wheel to decide. And we almost went to the wheel on this one, but we both came to a unanimous agreement of this yeah. year's goal of the year. Mess, uh, big shout-outs to everyone that was involved. You've all got, if you were a goal of the week, you're in this competition. Yep. But look, this year's goal of the year goes to... Ben Halloran from Adelaide United for that amazing outside of the foot volley. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Well done. Like, this goal had everything. It had controversy with VAR. It had unbelievable touch, vision, and placement. It wasn't, like, the typical banger for goal of the season you see, like, you know, Devlin's goal against the Wanderers, Neuenhoff's goal against Wellington. It was just... It was perfect. It was Riley McGee-esque, where we get that soundbite from from a few years ago. It was, it's just goal of the year. It's a Puskas award winner for sure. It's it's a CNR show award winner for sure. Yeah, uh, as you said, it was absolutely outstanding. Um, look, the, the cross in on the volley was perfect. His positioning yep. was perfect. the The fact that there was drama just made it all the better. Um, but look, it's an outstanding finish. Like yep. it's just instinctual and f- finesse, and it was. It was perfect, absolutely yeah, you perfect. Can't, you and can't teach that. That's no. just that's just skill. That's just gift. You know, gifted with the good ability. Ben Halloran, congratulations! You are etched in history as our first ever Goal of the Year award winner. Well done, Ben Halloran. But we move on to the biggest award of the night. Um, yep. The only award we have left, and that is this year's A League Player of the Year. And there's no dr- need for a drum roll because it was unanimous. There was no Don't even worry nomination. about the other nominees. It nope. didn't matter. It was only going to one man. And this year's A-League Player of the Year via the Circle and Rectangle show is Jamie McLaren. I mean, what more can What do you say? say? Yeah, no. what do you say after that? I mean, lit the league on fire. Um, yeah, there's no other player came close to standing out as much as Jamie McLaren did. Yeah, I li- we literally don't have any other nominees to go behind the fourth wall. It was only McLaren. Literally, we talked about Player of the Year, and we just said it's got to be Jamie McLaren. You know, players had stretches where they looked like Player of the Year. Mork was one of them, but Jamie McLaren was just six foot above the rest. Yeah, just there was so consistent. There was no discussion. It was no. Player of the Year, Jamie McLaren. Yep. As soon that as we it. mentioned it, Jamie yeah. McLaren. That was walk it. away. Done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Move on. We. It took, Took longer to decide the young player of the year than it did you know, actual player of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Generally, a young player stands out because they're the best young player, but this year was so difficult. There were um, so many. But yeah, that, that brings this awards show to a conclusion. Yep. And yes, everyone's happy that this is finally over. This absolute shambles of a podcast. No, I'm kidding. The podcast isn't over. We've still got two games or two weeks of finals left. And then you yeah. can probably get rid of us. 
But look, that's it for this week's show. Yep. We've got nothing else to talk about. We've got two big games on the weekend. First off is the... Uh, cent- um, not the Central Coast. The Adelaide United versus Sydney, Sydney FC. FC. And then Central on... Central Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, and then we've got the uh, Premiers in uh, Melbourne City coming up against MacArthur FC. Look, two big games. We've each gone with different outcomes. Yep. It's going to be massive next week to see who we have in the grand final. But we look forward to it. Jamie, that's enough from me. Yeah, that's it from me. Great award show. Our first ever award show. And I can't wait for this week's action. I look forward to it. Watching it in beautiful, chilly, cold Armadale. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Rate, review, subscribe to the show. You know, it's all on the outro. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We will. I hope you crashed your new car. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of The Circle in Rectangle Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to hit us up on our socials, they are The Circle in Rectangle Show on both Facebook and Instagram. Drop us an email, cnrshow at gmail.com, or hit us up on our Twitter at cnrshow. See you all next week.